0: our top story our top story what is going on with a second shot in the province of ontario and specifically what's going on with astrazeneca i want to play this real quick from you for you this is from question period in the legislature this morning the leader of the opposition the leader of the ndp Andrea horvath expressing i think what is on a lot of people's minds in this province The question still remains, who is going to get their shots? When are they going to get their shots? How are they going to get their shots for the second uh, vaccine? That's what people need to know. And that's what this government should be able to uh, provide in terms of information. So no more excuses. The vaccines are here. What's the plan to get the second shot into people's arms? What is the plan? That is from question period this morning. Andrea Horvath asking some questions of the Minister of Health about what's the plan with the second shot, especially with the whole AstraZeneca thing, and what is a preferred and not preferred vaccine, so on and so forth. I am pleased to welcome back to the program the man with the answers, Dr. Isaac Bogosh. Uh, Doc, always great to talk to you. appreciate you being on. Uh, Let's just begin with uh, the Alberta AstraZeneca news, your top line takeaway from that.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, everyone's going to look at the data and come up with uh, perhaps slightly different takes and slightly different conclusions. I think it's fair to say that the risk with AstraZeneca, of course, cannot be ignored. You can never sweep that under the rug. Um, It's also fair to say that this vaccine provides a lot of good. It's a very, provides significant protection to COVID-19. We have to obviously put it in the appropriate context as well, right? You've never, Alberta in North America, in Canada, the United States has the highest rates of COVID-19. Here's a potentially life-saving vaccine. You have to at least enable people to make an informed decision or enable people to get an alternative in a quick manner. Um, Maybe they'll use their excess vaccines for second doses. But you know, I, I think we might see other provinces do the same thing as well, just because we have a significant influx of the other types of vaccines, the mRNA yeah, vaccines. This is just
0: amping amping the shopping for vaccines, and you know, for people like me who got AstraZeneca, went out, got the first shot that it was available to them, just as I was told to do. I'm like, well, what in the world's going to happen now?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, I think there's obviously the science and the content, and then of course the communication and how that's effectively communicated to everyone in an honest, a transparent and an open manner where people are able to essentially have trust in, in, uh, in the healthcare system and in, in the vaccines that are being rolled out. You have uh, uh, Dr. Yamin on either before or after. Yeah, soon. coming right up. I mean, great. I mean, she's, she's incredible. And she had a very helpful explanation on this in a manner that was just a masterclass in communication, just honest and open and transparent. And I think she did a wonderful job with that. Um, but, but again, like, so what are you going to do? Well, a couple of things. Number one, those who received the first dose of AstraZeneca can, pr- can very likely get a second dose of AstraZeneca with the existing supply. Uh, it's also fair to say that the risk of these blood clots is extraordinarily low after the second dose, right? If it's going to happen, it's going to happen after the first dose, and it appears, again, don't quote me on this. I'd love to have the data at my fingertips, but it looks like the data emerging from the UK is going to demonstrate that, you know, this is just going to be a an even less likely event after dose number two, and the second option is, of course, mixing and matching vaccines. Right? We're waiting for the results of the clinical trial coming from the United Kingdom that can mix it, that mix and match the vaccines. But some countries haven't even waited. France and Germany have already started doing this, anyways. And you know, you don't need a crystal ball to predict that this is going to be a safe and an an effective thing to do as well.
0: Okay. So as we sort of heard from the health minister in the province yesterday, who also, by the way, got AstraZeneca, as did the premier, as did the prime minister, um, that, that Ontario widely expects NASI will come back and approve mixing and, and matching. But you've said something in here that I think really jumps out to me, and that is communication. And obviously, we we had NACI really step in it with the whole preferred, not preferred... You know, vaccines, sort of thing. Can you talk to me about, you know, going forward? Do the public officers, to public health officers, need more communications training as part of those jobs?
1: Well, I mean, I think there's some heterogeneity, uh, and and you've seen some very, very talented and skilled public health leaders address communities. You've seen this done at. Uh, you know municipal and city level you've seen this done at a federal level you've seen this done at a provincial level by certain people and then of course you've seen the opposite right you've seen some people muddy the waters uh, sow confusion um, and uh, and perhaps just evade or not answer the questions not necessarily intentionally or, or unintentionally just that's that's what we've seen so like anything else there's there's uh, there's <laughs> various Levels. I also think, too, like people are entitled to a bad day or a bad week as well. And, you know, you've, you, we've seen some very talented people get up in front of uh, a community and, you know, maybe not uh, not bring their A game. Listen, I, I'm on the media, I guess, pretty regularly. It's not my job. I'm, I'm like literally standing in the ICU right now at the Toronto Western Hospital talking to you. But like I've certainly come off of interviews thinking, oh, my God, I just blew that. <laughs> like it happens. People have bad days. Um, but, of course, there's a lot on the line here. You really want to instill trust, and, uh, and that means you got to get the communication spot on.
0: You mentioned you're at the uh, ICU. What's uh, going on in the hospital where you are?
1: Well, uh, I'm, I work at the University Health Network. That's the Toronto General and Toronto Western Hospitals. Most of my time is at the Toronto General. I spend about 15 to 20% of my time at the Toronto Western. You know, I'm down in the ICU now. I'm, I'm an infectious disease doc, but I'm helping out with a bunch of COVID patient, uh, patients admitted with COVID. Uh, we've got a few in the ICU. Again, the usual, I'm sure every healthcare care provider listening uh, will, uh, has seen very similar cases. You know, there's some sick people. We see some people that are sadly on the younger end of the spectrum, uh, mostly dominated by the variants of concern, um, sad social situations as well, essential workers, marginalized populations, uh, low socio demographic, socio economic neighborhoods. I mean, a lot, a lot of this is sad and, and, and preventable. And, uh, you know, what gives me hope is case numbers are going down. Vaccines are rolling out. Vaccines are pouring into, uh, the communities that need it the most. The right needles are going into the right arms. And, and, you know, even though there are definitely sad cases, we're, we're working our way out of this mess.
0: I'm speaking with Dr. Isaac Bogosh about a variety of different issues, uh, dealing with uh, vaccines and also the stay-at-home order. Uh, The the question and the the push to the province continues to be, will you change your mind on outdoor activities, golf, tennis, basketball? Uh, Where are you on that? The government's position is, you know, we can't allow people to do that because that'll increase close contacts, it'll increase travel, all of those things.
1: I mean, listen, we, <laughs> there's the science and there's the politics. I'll stay out of the politics because I don't know anything about that. But the science is pretty clear, right? Outdoors is safe. Indoors is not safe. And, and you know, obviously, we've got to couch our words a little bit. The outdoors is, is certainly, you know, not 100% safe, but it's pretty close, right? If you can't distance by two meters, you can put on a mask, um, I really think we should be encouraging people to be outside as much as possible. It's good but for mental you, health. Would you it's put golf into health. that,
0: Isaac? Of I, course, I, I of course, of course. But, of course. but, 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 I, but know, it, is there not, is there not like what well, we're going to let golfers go out and, but we're going to maybe say no to basketball. I mean, I think that's a yeah, problem.
1: I, I wouldn't split hairs. Just if it's outdoors, I would give it the green light and say, if you can't separate by two meters, put on a mask and that would be my guidance, but I'm not the province and we'll obviously let them do what they do. But, uh, You know, it's spring. It's nice out. We've been cooped up for over a year. I'd I'd say anything outdoors is good. Avoid large gatherings. Put on a mask if you can't separate by two meters and have at it. doesn't matter if it's golf, tennis, basketball, soccer, fields. Pickleball. Pickleball is your move, right? Pickleball, exactly. Open it up.
0: (laughs) Isaac, great to talk to you. I'll let you get back to your important work. Thanks again. (laughs) Have a great day. That is Dr. Isaac Bogosh, who is an epidemiologist and a regular commentator on uh, the health situation in the province of Ontario and especially on the vaccine rollout.